Resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away. No electricity, nothing whatsoever. We need to be prepared for the future. I'm just holding on for dear life here. This isn't fun. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Plan this time before disaster strike. Every natural disaster gets worse. What happens when something goes wrong and how do they respond to it? And make sure everyone's safety comes first. Save what for dream. You must ready. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. Eventually, I know it's going to hit. It's only a matter of time. Helping your community. Helping your family. Helping you. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Hello and welcome to Pacific Prepared. I'm Fred Hooper. We've got a great team of reporters who are on the ground chatting to you. And the stories we bring you could help you, your family and your community prepare for natural disasters. The weather and how it affects you is already part of your life. So let's keep talking about being prepared. On today's show, more information on the earth tremors in Samoa. What you need to know if you're in that area. Some residents in Vanuatu are desperately telling their story of rising sea levels, even predicting that they won't be able to continue living there soon. And even though it's been over six months since the volcanic eruption, some Tongan residents are still trying to come to terms with their new reality. That's all coming up. This is Pacific Prepared. What's your plan? Are you ready to leave your home? Plan now before disaster strikes. Pacific Prepared. Since late July this year, earthquakes have been detected around the Manua Islands in Samoa. At this stage, there's been nothing over a four on the Richter scale measured, but it's not normal to have this many for this long in that area. Lutero Tauvali is from the Samoan Meteorological Service. Yes, um, basically you might also uh, uh, hear that there are some uh, some number of uh, ground-shaking activities going on in the uh, Manua, Manua Islands. Because Manua is very close to us, um, it's part of the Samoa archipelago. We were also uh, concerning about the same uh, activities. Uh, here at the Samoa service, we uh, 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 operate uh, some seismic sensors, uh, and from these uh, sensors, we also picked up. A number of increased earthquakes around uh, to, uh, American Samoa and uh, Manua Island. We hardly detect uh, earthquakes at this area. Usually, um, most of the earthquakes are uh, recorded uh, further south to the uh, you know where the Tongan Trench is uh, located. So, in the last few weeks, three weeks or so we started to pick up these uh, small tremors. Uh, We're talking about earthquakes between 2 to Uh, 3.8 magnitude on on the Richter scale. Uh, We never record, uh, I'm not sure, but uh, so far we haven't recorded a 4.0 or above uh, earthquake. So we're only recording uh, earthquakes between 2 and free uh, on the Richter scale. So that's basically what's happening. And for us in Samoa, because 
as I said, Manua is very close, and people in Manua were reporting in these uh, unusual uh, conditions. So we also um, uh, send up, uh, uh, send information to the people of Samoa and uh, informing them uh, that there's something going on. Uh, there's a number of unusual earthquakes uh, detecting um, over the American Samoa and Manua Islands. These earthquakes, are they enough that people would be feeling them around Samoa? Uh, because they are not that strong enough. Uh, we are not feeling them from here in Samoa. But we can only pick up from the seismic sensors that are installed in Samo. So no, there's, there are no reports of uh, earthquakes from, from, from people here in Samo. So usually the process here in Samo, people report through the office they post on social media. Uh, if, they f- uh, if there's an earthquake felt. Uh, but so far, there's nothing. Uh, I think it's basically because they are very, uh, uh, you know, weak in terms of uh, to make uh, uh, to be felt from here. And what happens from here? Like, has the Met Service had conversations with, say, geoscientists about what this means for Samoa? Well, uh, uh, straight away when we first um, pick up this uh, um, unusual uh, situation, we we had uh, closely uh, communication with the American Samoa Med Service. I think uh, the USGS from uh, New, uh, America is also part of this group. So we are sharing information about these events. So they also share their reports. Uh, we share them our data, uh, particularly with the magnitude and the location that we, uh, uh, the data that is available to us. So information is being shared between the authorities who uh, are monitoring this situation. The uh, disaster response agencies uh, here in Samoa are preparing to the uh, uh, for any uh, you know worst case scenarios. Um, um, we also updating uh, the the government uh, officials uh, that, that the disaster management office of uh, the situation, and so there are some preparations in case of any uh, eruption or tsunami. According to the USGS report, uh, a major eruption like the Tongan volcano in February, it's very unlikely. Is that in the back of people's minds too, just as a resident? I know you work for the Met Service, but just as a resident of Samoa as well, is that something that's in the back of your mind, what happened in Tonga earlier this year? Yes, that's the uh, (laughs) mostly, uh, well, frequently asked questions by the public of Samoa and, and but we did the presentation and uh, 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 clearly stated that um, the differences uh, between the two uh, situations but that doesn't mean we tell them not to worry uh, we just give them information and it's better to be prepared uh, I think that's a message what what are the, the things that people can do to be prepared, you know, if there was something to happen? I mean, what are you actually telling people to do right now? 
the main concern is a tsunami from these events. People around the coastal areas, they, these are the people that we are stressing out to them uh, that, you know, there was a tsunami back in 2009 and uh, uh, we developed some hazard, uh, tsunami hazard maps in the past. And that's the role of the disaster management office now is the awareness part of the work, uh, uh, preparing uh, awareness materials and telling people that if there's a tsunami, and the, the safer place already identified from the past events, um, it's there. Also, we uh, provide information about the possibility of, you know, uh, ash clouds and uh, acid rain uh, can be created if there's an eruption. I wonder if you've been feeling any of those tremors that have been happening in the Samoan area, particularly around the Manua Islands. If you need more information, you can always check the Met Service website, samet.gov.ws. That's S-A-M-E-T.gov.ws. Be informed. Be ready. Pacific prepared. We hear about rising sea levels a lot, coastal inundation. It's hard to imagine unless you're standing on the edge of the water and you look out and someone points out where the same coastline used to be just a few years earlier. In some cases, hundreds of metres difference. Vanuatu Pacific Prepared reporter Florence Vanua had this experience recently with some local communities that she visited. Coastal erosion, coastal vegetation decline, land loss and saltwater intrusion are still problems for residents of Ewentau community on Vanuatu's Efate Island. According to Kalserei Chiona, age 67, who has lived in the Ewentau community near the coast for years, the sea has moved 100 metres inland. It has pushed into locations that it couldn't have reached before, into gardens, coconut plantations and vegetation along the coastline at Teouma Bay. We have witnessed that salt water has moved 100 metres inland. According to Chiona, a place where there used to be curtains belongs to the sea now. Look at those coconuts. It used to be a coconut plantation and gardens. Now you will see that the bamboos and coconut palms that we have planted on the other side of the river, the sea has reached them. He says the sea has moved clearly shortly over the years. In places where there is solely sand and mud at the river mouth, the sea has moved in truly rapidly there because there is nothing preventing the sea from coming in. During the Tonga volcanic eruption, three waves swept further inland. All banana, taro and cassava leaves turned yellow. Chiona says the people have lost many coconut plantations along the river. And at some stage in excessive tide, in the curtains, leaves flip yellow, cassava crops died, and many vegetation died. Maybe in 20 years' time, we will no longer live here. There won't be any greater coconuts and bushes around Teouma Bay. The sea will definitely pass in. I have managed to relocate my gardens up to Teouma Bush, but many of us have misplaced our gardens. We need to relocate our gardens due to the fact if we proceed to make gardens here, 
the sea will continue to come in. Mr. Chiona says he has planted mangroves along the shoreline to assist stabilize the coastline and prevent further coastal erosion. It is real that climate change is affecting us. However, we have also contributed by means of digging and selling sand from the area. Many tendencies in Port Vila are made with sand amassed from Teuma Bay. There are a few people here who are selling sand. He says day to day people continue to get sand from the area. The government has banned people from digging sand in the area, but people continue to collect sand. Mr. Chiona says it is great to see that the government is working to tackle this climate change issue at the International Court of Justice. But it is also important for the government through the Department of Environment and Climate Change to come around to the islands and see what is definitely happening so they can provide awareness to the people in the communities so people are conscious of what is taking place and will now not take place in destroying our environment otherwise it will in reality affect our lives. Kalsere Chona from Ewendau community on Vanuatu's Efate Island. Vanuatu Pacific Prepared Reporter Florence Fanua with that story. For now, before disaster strikes, Pacific Prepared. When something horrible happens in your life, I wonder how long it takes you to actually recover from it. When do you stop thinking about it? Or maybe you never stop thinking about it. Maybe that's just part of the process. It's been over six months since the January volcanic eruption in Tonga, something that impacted a lot of people across the country. The Tongan Red Cross Society has been trying to help people who are badly affected, and in some cases, just be there to listen. One of the few people working directly with the victims of natural disasters and for Tonga, she's currently working with the victims from the volcanic eruption and the tsunami that happened earlier this year, is Marika Moala from the Tonga Red Cross Society. Marika, welcome to Pacific Prepared. As Tonga Red Cross Society is one of the first responders to disaster, how does it feel like when reaching out to the most affected places and assisting the victims? The feeling that we have when we reach out to the most affected places and provide assistance to the um, victims, so provide assistance to the communities that we always feel the warmth, the love, um, feeling happy that we provided the immediate or I can say that the urgent needs to assist the victims and especially to alleviate the suffering that they have faced after the disaster. You've been at the most affected places throughout Tonga. How are the victims coping with the impacts to date as some have been preparing to relocate or to resettle to different villages in Ireland? I can say that they are doing well at the moment um, just by looking at them that they are being resilient, they are being um, able to accept and to stand up and to repeal themselves and to recover from what happened. They are still surviving. They are accepting the fact that they are relocating because of their original homes were being destroyed. And it's a good thing that now they are relocating into a better place. I can say a safer, um, higher ground than before they um, used to stay. So I think it's pretty much um, the hope is in with them 
that they're getting there, that they're building back better to their new um, homes. It has been months since the volcanic eruption and the tsunami. I understand you have been to the most affected places and again meeting the victims. What is the latest update on that? The last place that I went to meeting the communities was Ewa Island. So I went um, house to house and meeting the family, the victims there. I can see that they, they're still emotional of uh, sharing of their experience from the Gen 15. However, they are doing their very best to recover by themselves, of trying to go back to their normal lifestyle, especially the women going back to their normal daily lifestyle of meeting other women, uh, making tapa, uh, weaving the mats. Men, whereas men, they're going back to the bush, start planting um, the crops, and also the children are going back to school. So I think the latest update now is that individual um, homes, they're doing their own recovery works. What are your thoughts of Thomas' preparedness to natural disaster? Um, I can see from the national level going down to the community level, they still need a lot of preparedness. Um, well, we're only left with two more months and two more months to go, and then we will enter to the um, cyclone season of to the tw- uh, 2020, 2022 to 2023. As learning from uh, the previous disasters. Still some need to do some more trainings in the community. It's a matter of sharing of knowledge to them, knowing what to do and where to go in terms of uh, a natural disaster that happened. And not just that, but then in terms of come to the um, food supply. But again, as said, that's my thought on Thomas' preparedness. They still need to do more preparedness. Not just the knowledge, not just the food supply, not just the gain the first aid trainings, but also um, one of the preparedness is the livestock that we have and also the shelter that we have. How can that Tonga Red Cross help with Tonga's preparedness? Tonga Red Cross Society, as being known by whole of Tonga, is an international humanitarian organisation. The auxiliary role of Tonga Red Cross Society here in Tonga is a voluntary aid that stands to support the government and also to support the national, uh, to support, to assist them in terms of um, disaster, but not forget, but not only this, but then in other services that we do provide it. But then in terms of the Tonga's preparedness, what can Red Cross help us, um, help with this? Uh, part of Tonga part of Tonga Red Cross preparedness is to restock or replenish of NFIs or non-food items such as shell, um, shelter tarpaulins, the tents, the shelter toolkit, etc. These are some items that Tonga Red Cross Society provided to the victims after a natural disaster. Um, with our stock level, it is one of the key things that we need to. So as Red Cross, ensure that we have sufficient of uh, non-food items to prepare ahead and to have it ready. And given that all our stock, NFIs, 
not only stationed in Tongatapu, but also he's been um, in Eua and Hapai, Vavau, and also the two newest. And these stations, it has stock air, stock containers um, that has nine antivirus. Not that tolerant across society. Um, relief items, we provided non-food items, but but this is one thing that we can uh, help to assist the people. Tongare across society are currently doing recovery activities on Hunga Tonga Hunga Bay, not only for the victims in the Chan 15, but we're looking to support the whole the nations in uh, providing with our services to ensure that they are well prepared and they are well equipped with sufficient knowledge a matter of knowing what to do and how to do and where to go in terms of natural disaster and uh, ensure that they're individually um, here in Tonga are stronger together to build a, a resilient Tonga. That was Marika Moala, the Disaster Management Coordinator from the Tonga Red Cross Society. Marika, thank you again for your time and we hope to uh, have you again on the program anytime soon in the future. Thank you. Marika Mola from the Tongan Red Cross Society, speaking with Tongan Pacific Prepared Reporter Anna C.U. Falacono. It was a terrifying night. Everything was shaking and getting pounded by debris. We had to make sure that they have a safe shelter and drinking water. Helping you stay safe, Pacific Prepared. We often talk about things to have with you in the case of a disaster. Items that might help you, including long-life food. But some people in Solomon Islands thought that they could still improve on this idea. There's a project that's trying to help farmers change the way they grow things, basically to make sure they have enough food security if there's a natural disaster. Producer of this program and freelance journalist Gina Kakia has this story. Abraham comes from East Coral Canal. His constituency is prone to natural hazards such as sea level rise, flash floods, landslides and cyclones. People in his community rely mostly on subsistence agriculture and sometimes frequent honiara to sell the produce. Today, Abraham is a happy man. Communities in his constituency are beneficiaries of the World Vision's Disaster Mitigation and Climate Change Adaptation Program. They are very happy because they were taught how to cultivate seeds for food security in times of disaster. They supported us in setting up a savings scheme to save money for disaster. Especially with the two officers in our community, when they visit the community, we are happy to see them as we would love to have them visit us. The community is expecting to see them often as they feel happy when the officers are around. During times of disaster, food security is a significant problem for people in Solomon Islands. Increased rainfall and flooding often has a devastating impact as people mostly rely on the land and see for their daily livelihood. Temotu is one of the most remote provinces in Solomon Islands and consists of low-lying islands and atolls. With a population less than 30,000, the province often has its bouts of natural disasters. In 2013, a tsunami claimed the lives of 10 people when it swamped more than 20 villages, forcing the government to declare a state of emergency over the islands of Santa Cruz. 
In 2015, tropical cyclone Palm damaged the people's fruit trees, gardens and agricultural crops in the reef islands. People living along the coast were evacuated. In 2017, tropical cyclone Donna caused destruction to the province and cyclone Harold in 2020. Temotu Premier Clay Forau welcomed the assistance in disaster mitigation and climate change adaptation. To me, the whole province is vulnerable when you talk about natural disasters. Yeah? You had uh, assets like man-made disasters. Uh, maybe people with disability will be more concerned. Uh, we they should be able to get the help what they need for, get out from trouble and all these things. So there are even people that need special attention. So I guess the program by Moso aim to help such people, not only because we are vulnerable to natural disasters, but there are people with disability that must be assisted and supported. Another beneficiary of the program from World Vision is Malaita province. John Cheva comes from Malaita, the most populous province in Solomon Islands. Like most parts of Solomon Islands, having access to timely information is often a challenge. But by being part of the program, people in John Trevor's community are able to increase their knowledge in this space. I have seen some changes in the village, mostly in knowledge and skills. Are to prepare for a disaster, should it occur in the village, we are briefed well on this. The USD $1.8 million project aims to support communities through development of hazard risk reduction plans, strategies, policies, disaster preparedness plans and contingency plans in partnership with local government entities. In addition, communities also learn about gender and disability inclusion and awareness during disaster response. The program also supports farmers in climate-smart agriculture and nature-based climate solutions such as raised garden beds and tree mangrove planting to increase the resilience of communities to natural disaster and impact of climate change. It's very obvious when you are talking with the communities, it is their daily lives in terms of facing the challenges, especially with the regards to climate change. We need to be very clear in terms of how to inform the communities in terms of the project. So if the communities understand what is this project about, then we can really help to manage the expectation. Because sometimes we come to the community and we and come with a new project. But what is the new project about? That is very important, information management. The second one also, as World Vision, we are very open with the community. We also have what we call a, a, a feedback mechanism. So the community can feedback to us as well what they think about the project, how they think about the project, as well as the, the, the third one that I can share is the complaint mechanism. We have some complaint mechanism that we want to put in place. That is helping the community to really understand what is this project about and helping us also to understand what the community think about this project. The program by World Vision was first launched in the provinces of Kodokanal and Malaita in 2020. The program has since expanded its reach to also include Temotu province. The program is supported by USAID. Freelance journalist Jenny Kakia reporting about a World Vision project aimed at food security in the Solomon Islands. You are listening to Pacific Prepared. 
Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme, with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. It's produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoan National Radio 2AP, SIBC, Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation, and TBC Tonga. Keep us informed so that we can keep everybody informed. Maybe you've got a story idea, a personal experience to share, a topic to cover, or someone that we should meet. The easiest way to get in touch is to search for Pacific Prepared and then hit the Contact Us button. My name is Fred Hooper. Please share any information that you've learned today and stay safe. This has been Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared.